day and sometimes you just uh, sometimes you almost don't feel like you want to come on a Tuesday night and then you get here and you're like Lord thank you that I did Amen. I'll just be honest sometimes it's just even it, you all think it ain't a struggle sometimes for me sure it is even after I'd been in the word all day I was just like Lord give me strength and rolled in here and then you get here and you're just glad that you do glad that you persevere press on press through hallelujah what's that yes 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 amen we're glad you're here i know we're missing some folks that were with us last week but we're glad you're here we've been talking on the kingdom of god and lord have mercy I, we won't be here next week because of you know the christmas holiday or the week after because of it being new year's so it'll be a couple weeks but um lord help us when when we return there's just so much goodness not new year's uh let's see it'll be new year's eve yeah new year's eve day yeah but um not midweek so it'll, this will be the last one for like what two weeks something like that but um just because of the way the holidays fall but however when as we come back i'm telling you I just, I just felt like the Lord had, I think I even said last week, the Lord was just downloading and downloading today. And I almost felt weary, just, just like, Lord, quit, you know, like it was that, it's just that good, uh, that great uh, as far as what the Lord is showing. And so I, I want to sh share with you some of, some of what I got tonight. Uh, I probably won't even get through with, with much of it, but I, I want to share some of this with you that I believe it's going to help you. We, we talked a lot about the last couple of weeks, but just about the kingdom. We touched on citizenship. We're going to get into that more in some depth. But I want to share, talk a little bit tonight on how to seek the kingdom. How to seek it. Because Matthew says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. But how do you do that? I find that so much of our walk with God, and some of you, will, would, if, we'll, if we can just be honest about the way we were raised in church and how church has taught us, it's taught us to seek things, to seek answers, but not to seek the kingdom. And the only message Jesus preached was seek the kingdom. And so we get frustrated. Somebody messaged me, uh, this actually Sunday after church, and they're like, I'm so done with God, blah, blah, blah. It was just one of these. I'm so done with God, I ain't coming back, blah, blah, blah. I've been waiting 20 years for this. And, you know, anyway, I, I sort of was just like, you know, you need Tuesday night teaching. But I, so I replied back and I said, you know, so I said, you're done with God because he didn't do what you wanted him to do. But I said, yet you can't even stand to your feet and worship him in his presence. You're mad because God isn't moving on your behalf. I said, but have you really given God your best? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I wasn't judging. I was just urging some thought. And then I said, I said, isn't it easier to blame God than for you to take responsibility of why you haven't received what you've gotten yet? needless to say like everyone in hell got mad because my job was to hold them accountable for what they were saying saying i'm going to give up on god so you're going to walk away from god the god that we just served and preached about on sunday because you didn't get what you wanted instead of us realizing he's flawless without error so if there's a problem for me not receiving it's on my end right right it's on my end right not 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 god's and so I share that because that's how we are conditioned to think, give me this, God. Give me this, God. Do this for me. But the message that Jesus preached was, seek ye first 
the kingdom of God. And so we're going to focus a little bit tonight on how to seek the kingdom. Because it's really difficult. If you, it's really difficult to, to do something if you don't know how to do it. It, it, it. It's difficult to change the oil in your car if you don't know how to do it. Right? It's difficult to, I, I mean, there's some things I'll, I'll get eager and I'll try to fix or I'll try to do. Thinking, oh, I can do this on my own. I don't have to call nobody. I've taken on plumbing jobs and things, but it's difficult to do anything if you don't know what you're doing, right? It's difficult to do something if you don't know how and what you're doing. And so we easily get frustrated. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. We can get frustrated with church, with God, with our prayer life, with worship, because we're trying to go after something that we haven't really been told how to do. And so then when we come up short, we can find and we can find ourselves like the person who messaged me. I'm just done. Right? Throwing a tantrum. So, so God, God does not, I want you to understand this about the kingdom. God does not want you and I to, he, he doesn't want to leave us wondering how to carry out his command. He, he, God doesn't give us a command and then once, he doesn't want to leave us wondering how to carry it out. But because his priority is not something that we need to guess about or pray about. He says, seek ye first the kingdom. That is, if you want to make any note, the, the, what God's priority is, is for you to seek the kingdom. I'm going to expound on that here shortly. His priority is that you and I would seek the kingdom. That's it. And his righteousness. And the reason why that's got to be a priority is prioritizing is really important. Because if you and I would prioritize that in our walk with God, then we would know where to put our time, our energy, and our talent. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Yet we try to all, oftentimes we get worn out by things that aren't exactly the kingdom or, or cause us to be kingdom minded. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 is where we're going to go tonight. But as you get ready and you turn there, I want to remind you, we, we, we reflected a little bit last week that Jesus only preached one message that he introduced in Matthew 4. And it said, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But as we move over into later in Matthew, in Matthew 13, in Matthew, Jesus was teaching the kingdom. And he was trying to demonstrate the value of the kingdom with a parable that we'll look at uh, about a farmer sowing seed. We actually just um, was looking at it a few weeks ago when I was preaching the message to you on Sunday morning. Timing is everything. And then God brings me back to it for teaching about the kingdom. So we're going to get to some of that more. But he, he uses it to, to talking about a farmer sowing seed. He talked about the seed falling on good ground rocky soil among thorns right and jesus says he says that the kingdom of god is like this farmer who goes out and sows seed and so the disciples heard jesus speaking in, in these parables all the time but they did they did not understand this one you might remember that from a few weeks ago they, they didn't understand this and they said help us to understand and so they said in Matthew 13 verse 10 they said the disciples came to him and asked why do you speak to the people in parables he says in verse 11, he replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. But not to them. 
referring to the multitude. Did I give you that a little bit last week? I didn't, right? Okay. So he says, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, has been given to you. Look at that. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom. So there's some secrets to the kingdom of God that he wants to reveal to you. Hallelujah. And he says, they're available to you, but not to them. Jesus was telling them, he was saying, hey, he's trying to tell his disciples, there's some secrets I want to make available to you about the kingdom of God, what I'm here to establish that's available to you, but not the masses, not the multitudes. Because there'll be a lot of people who show up to church, but they're never going to seek and know what the kingdom of God is. They're never going to receive that revelation. And so they're always going to be chasing after wanting more, coming up short, all of that. The purpose of the message of the kingdom is so that he can fulfill his purpose on the earth. Watch this. Watch where we go. Oh, help us tonight. Hallelujah. I just get excited when I start preaching because I know what's coming. I, I just can. I know what's coming to you that I've already received. He says, but not to them, referring to the multitude. He moves on. Whoever has, has will be given more. And they will have an abundance. Look at this. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever has revelation, he said, I'm going to give them more revelation. And they're going to have an abundance of it. Abundance of what? Go back to verse 11. An abundance of he who has the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. So he says, as you get revelation, I'll give you more. And more. And you'll have an abundance of it. We are in a time now more than ever that we need the revelation of the kingdom of God. This is what's going to help to hold us, to strengthen us, to know that, that what is available, available to us when we pray, that, Lord, as a citizen of your kingdom, I, I'm praying for this. I'm believing it. I, I just found myself this week uh, as I was praying and getting ready, even just thinking about the word. I, I just quit as much praying for what I needed. And I just said, Lord, I thank you that you are Lord. I thank you that, Lord, you are my, my God, my, my, my Savior. I thank you that I am just get to be part of your kingdom. I just kept exalting him. That's why tonight when we sang that song, For thou, O Lord, you are exalted, acknowledging who he is. I, I just started magnifying him and making him great, uh, uh, acknowledging him over, over whatever your problem is, over, over whatever our struggles are. Amen? Because the enemy will use what we're up against to wear you down, to cause you to become weary, to speak lies to you, to, to lie to you about the situation, to say, oh, see, God ain't coming through for you. But I, we just magnify him, right? We just, we just lift him up. God, you are great for thou, O Lord. You are exalted above all the earth. Above all gods, the song says, above every other thing and entity people try to worship, you're exalted above all else. So he says, I want to reveal to you, I want to give you revelation of the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom. So there, in other words, there's things that are, uh, that, that are in the word about the kingdom. He said that's not easily seen. That he wants to reveal it to you. How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit to awaken it in you. That's why we have to have a moving of the Spirit. That's why you have to understand that the, the, the Holy Spirit has everything to do with church today. We need it for, for revelation. All right? It, 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 people can say all sorts of things and they can disagree, but that is, this is how we're going to get revelation. So, so, who has the knowledge of the, uh, uh, so who has the knowledge of the kingdom will get more, an abundance of secrets. God says, I'm going to reveal some secrets to you. And so the more that you and I desire to know, the more he's going to tell you. 
So in your prayer life, you could just begin to say, as even we teach this and we go through it, you might get revelation or on your own if you're reading scriptures. Uh, Cynthia said earlier she'd been reading scriptures on, on the kingdom. And so as you do that and as you seek the Lord, you could just say, Lord, just reveal more of your secrets. And he'll start revealing it to you in, in maybe even unusual ways. But as you understand more, he'll give you more. So don't stop seeking. You can even pray, Lord, I just want to seek your kingdom. Lord, I want to seek to understand it. Amen. And so as you do, he, he just keeps opening. Thank you, Lord. And so if you recognize, you're, you, you, you receive, you're receiving revelation, more and more revelation of the kingdom. From, from week one to week now, I hope some something has come alive in you that you're recognizing it. And that, it and, and that as we move forward, if you pursue it, it will open up to you. More will open up to you. Even now, if, if you haven't, if you're still sort of like, huh, there's some stuff I don't understand. Just keep seeking it. Just keep thinking about it. And more will open up to you. I promise you. Thank you, Lord. And so he says, whoever does not have, in that scripture, he says, whoever does not have, or meaning the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom. Watch this. He says, even what they have will be taken from them. <laughs> I mean, that's hard. See, the reason I don't teach the kingdom uh, on, on Sunday morning is because people get too offended. I'm just telling you the truth. You can't preach hard like I did on Sunday and then think that some people didn't get mad at me. And so I know better. I've learned after 25 years, just don't even waste the time trying to bring forth a message with this much revelation to people who aren't hungry. Because you say something like this, look what Jesus, I mean, think about it. Jesus at one point told people they were dogs. You can't get away with that in church in America today. So Jesus says this, listen to what he says. He says, whoever does not have, he's referring to the knowledge of the secrets of kingdom. He says, whoever doesn't have this revelation, even what revelation they get, I'm going to take it from them. <laughs> oh, God. Think about this. It, 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 what he's saying, what he means, it, it means if you don't want to know it. And this is what's wrong with our Church of America. The reason why God can't move is because he says the church don't want to know. So Jesus is saying, if you don't want to know it, I ain't going to tell you. If you don't want to know, I'm not going to tell you. If you don't want to pursue it, he's saying that, that I, then I won't show you. This is what we have to understand. If, 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 if we're going to talk against it, He's saying, I'll hide it from you. This is why we have to be careful what we say. See, there are times where there have been times where I've just said, Lord, I, I, I'm not fully understanding. You can say that to God. I've learned God is big enough to handle my questions. Right. I, I, I was taught growing up, you don't question God. Don't question God. And then I realized one day, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, like scripture, all through scripture, people were asking Jesus questions. Abraham was asking God questions. Noah was like, God, I don't know, you know, and on and on. I said, God, you're big enough to handle my questions, right? I trust you that much, right? And so, yeah, yeah. And so I, I recognize there is therefore no condemnation for me saying, God, help me to grasp this. Help me to get this. I, I'm, I'm teaching you something. I've, I've taught on the kingdom of God since I got in ministry because it was always something very intriguing to me. It was about understanding dominion and our authority and our position. But the more and more I teach it, the more and more. I, and for 25 years, I've taught it, and God's still revealing stuff to me that you're getting fresh. 
hot off the press. Not, not, not stuff I've pre preached from somewhere else. Brand new stuff, because that's what God does. He'll reveal it to you and I. More and more and more, the more time we say, we, we think about it. So we have to be real careful that we don't get religious and, and, and we start thinking, oh, I don't, I don't need to know that, right? Because people are trying to figure out and preach stuff that Jesus said, if you'll seek the kingdom, I'll give you that. I'm going to get to that. We're, we're praying for stuff that God says, if you'll, he says, if you'll just seek the kingdom, you'll get that. But he said, you can't get that if you don't seek the kingdom. Right there's an answer for you. Some of the things that we pray for over and over and over again is a byproduct of what Jesus says in Matthew 6. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We're going to get to righteousness. And all these things, what? All the things that you need to enjoy life. Earlier in the text, he says, don't worry about water, food, your job, or your home. I'll tease you for a minute. Then why do we go to work? We go to work for those things, do we not? Jesus is saying, you don't work for that reason. Yes, we work. Yes, we earn an income by whatever means that that may be. He said, but that is not why you do it. It has something to do with the kingdom. I won't give it to you yet. Hallelujah. We're going to get there. Yes. Now, what, what, he, what, what he's saying there in the text is we can all gather for, for a worship service. And like tonight, let's say I'm preaching on the kingdom, but we don't really want to know. God's saying, I won't reveal to you. I won't release the revelation to you if you really don't want to know. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom. Meaning that sometimes we're looking for the latter part of that scripture, all the things that he'll give us. But we're not really looking for the kingdom. When I start seeking his kingdom, and I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself in answering you, I start seeking his will, his ways, making sure I'm in submission, making sure I'm being obedient. That's what it is, and his righteousness, meaning I'm seeking him and making sure I'm in right standing with God. And then he says, if you do this, then I can reveal, release all these other things to you. Church has typically taught us, Lord, I need to feel better. I need a thousand dollars. I need this. Touch this. Heal my husband. Do this. Change this person. Right? What Jesus is saying, seek my kingdom and be sure to be in, 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 in his righteousness and I'll give you all these other things. All he's really saying is if you're not seeking after it, he can't reveal his kingdom if you're not looking for it. Does that make sense? And there's a lot of church people, they're not looking for it. So he can only reveal himself. Remember, he said they're the secrets of the kingdom there are things he doesn't want to reveal to everybody right because most people can't most people can't it, it's it's challenging to start conditioning your mind to think that i am part of a kingdom that this is something i get because i'm a i'm a citizen of the kingdom rather than all oh, i have to work to get this from god most of the, the things in the way in which we teach oftentimes it's more works-based then it even is faith-based. Do this and God will do this, right? So he's just saying you, he wants you to be seeking after it, longing for it, uh, you know, then he can reveal it to you. And as he reveals more, if you keep seeking, he'll reveal more. But if, if, if you're not seeking, he's not going to take something away from you. 
he, he's just saying if, if you're just coming to church, whatever little revelation you get, if you're not really seeking, if you're not really seeking after the kingdom, he said, what little revelation, I'll take it. All right, that's what he's referring to. He, he wants us to seek after him, seek after the kingdom of God. I hope I made that clear. Okay. All right. So watch this. So basically, in continuing answering James's question, God doesn't volunteer information. All right. God doesn't volunteer information. God is pure. All right. He, his motives are always pure. So he will never show you what you did not ask to see. Think about that. God's never going to show you something you don't ask to see. So we can be asking him, Lord, reveal to me your kingdom. God, help me to understand this message of the kingdom. And, and as we go further tonight, you're going to understand more and more why that's important. Yeah. Yeah, I'm careful. Yeah. 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 Uh, there, because we're on TV and we stream and we're on all these different platforms, people will comment nasty things. I'll get called a heretic. You know, they'll hear a message in tongues and they'll rebuke us and call us devil worshipers or whatever. Uh, and I don't even respond to it. I don't even, you know, people have emailed over the years, you know, crazy things. And so you, I just never try to explain a holy thing to a sinner, to an unbeliever. Like I said Sunday, they're a sinner, they're an unbeliever. They're supposed to sin and un be, have unbelief. I can't explain the moving of the Holy Ghost to someone who isn't even saved. I can't do it. Yeah, so people that try to ask questions, things like that, yeah, I don't cast my pearls before them. I don't try to waste time. It's not that they're not important, but until they have the revelation of seeing that they need a Savior, Jesus Christ, it ain't going to matter. Right? They don't, they, the, the Holy Spirit is not invited to open up that revelation to them, right? Hallelujah. I think I wrote down the wrong scripture, so I'm just looking for it so we can pick up where I'm going to go. 13. Yeah. Are you saying, is it hard to preach a message to carnal people? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I, like I maybe alluded to it, I think I did a little bit. 
that every time you get up to preach, you're, it's a fight spiritually, and you don't know it. That's why I said, like, when I leave and I go home, you know, it's, I'm wore out. And usually I'm wore out not because, like, well, Sunday I preach hard, but because of the spiritual part of it. Like, you're wore out. It's constantly, you, you can, I can literally, like, spiritually feel people that are receiving or rejecting what I'm laying down. And not just with their body language, but spiritually, it's it's like a total battle. Like I'll I'll leave and my body aches, my back aches. Like you, I feel it in my body, like the warfare. Like literally, you're under. There's been times where I've had to you know, be preaching. I'm just like, I need. We got to stop right now and pray, because I could sense like a demonic force or a spirit on somebody, and it was just coming against you. I was preaching once at a church, and uh, a witch came in. She came in late and sat right behind my armor bearer. And uh, was real restless during worship. And finally, like, she started causing a disturbance. And I was struggling so much. And it was such a distraction. And the church was, like, packed. Finally, my, uh, my armor bearer was sitting about where Renita was. The witch sat right behind her. But my intercessor sensed what was going on. And so um, she and her husband got up and came and sat right behind her and told the people that were there, can you move over? And she started praying. That woman got so irritable she stood up and started manifesting right in the middle of the church and so i i remember very vividly from the pulpit i just looked down and i said in the name of jesus i said shut up sit down and she like squirmed a little bit finally i just told the intercessors said, bring her forward and i said do you want to be delivered and she shouted no i said then leave and she left because I wasn't wasting any time. I wasn't going to make a display of trying to deliver someone that didn't really want to be free. And uh, that was that. But there's a what kind of warfare. That manifested that day. But it's like that all the time. Sometimes I'll see it coming. I can sense it coming through the Internet. You know, they're streaming in 36 languages. In Africa, we're hugely watched. But there's also a lot of witchcraft there. And so we'll get, like, weird comments on some of the social platforms. And I have to do the translate. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. And you sense that, you know. Um, so it's hard. It's definitely hard because as a pastor, God enables, for me, uh, he enables me to see the potential in others they cannot see in themselves. And then I see them rejecting the word or just being lackadaisical about God. And I'm like, you know, like God could give you what you want. Like the answer's right there. Like this message of the kingdom, I'm thinking, there's this person, this person, this person that can receive this revelation of the kingdom of God. They could they could get the answers that they need. But they're not looking for it. Right. Right. The, yeah. Yeah. It's discipline. It's it's all of those things. It's discipline. It's all of those things. And so It is what I no, that's okay. What, what I mean by that is when you grow up sort of in, in churches like, like a lot of us did, they teach us sort of you have to remember the terminology I used the other week that we're to be a servant. Serve, serve, serve. Do, 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 do all these things. And that, that's sort of how we're accepted in the same manner that if we act right with our parents, they accept us. They love us. Anybody ever been raised in an atmosphere where if you didn't quite act right, you didn't feel loved? I know what it is to grow up and if... I, I knew it, and I'm not trying to put anybody on blast, but I knew growing up, if when I learned to play at eight years old, if I didn't play right, I, I remember I was leading worship at eight years old, but if I didn't do it right, when I got home, I was told about it. 
Now you're going to follow, and you're otherwise you're going to be worthless. Nobody, God's never going to use you. Those sort of things were told to me, and so it becomes work-based, where I'm going to do this not just to get the approval of my father, but to get the approval of my father in heaven. So it started to get for me even at a young age. I'm just leading worship to get His approval, and as long as I got His approval, I thought I was in right standing with God, right? And so it becomes work-based. Is, is what I was meaning, where we're just, I'm going to come in and vacuum the church, and if I do that, God's going to love me. He's going to accept me. He's going to hear my prayer. So it requires that, yes, we can serve in the kingdom of God, but it requires to have faith also, right? It's not just about doing and, 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 and working only to get God to love me. Whether I vacuum the church or I show up Sunday or whatever, he loves me. We have a hard time understanding that in our culture, in our society, especially in the United States, because it's rare to find a parent that can love you. In the, I'm just being honest. It's hard. It's hard to raise kids, and it's hard to be a parent. It is. I know what it is, that even with my own kids. It's hard to be the kind of people that we can love you no matter what. The only way I was able to finally get to the point where I love my kids through their screw-ups, and all three of them have, well, my son's actually not too bad. My two girls was, I'm not kidding you, I had to get a revelation of the love of the Father. I had to, when I finally understood that no matter what, no matter where, no matter how I disappoint him, he loves me. Right? Because he has grace and mercy. When I finally understood that, then I was able to, as a father love my child in that same manner that it doesn't mean i'm always accepting something she's doing her decision but i love her through it and i can hug her and i don't get mad at her i don't reject her calls you know i know what that is growing up like when dad was mad he wouldn't take my call if 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 church service didn't go how he wanted this is as i got older and and the, whatever didn't happen he would not take my call if, if I didn't preach the way that he wanted me to, and I started preaching. My first message I preached, I was six. And I preached it on love. But when I actually started preaching, I was a teenager. But I remember if I didn't preach what he wanted and the result didn't turn out right, I wasn't allowed to preach for months. And so it became works-based. So I started fine-tuning. i got to do this, this, and this. And I literally, I remember with notes notes but I had other notes up here like things I needed to do like getting the people to shout getting an altar call you know I literally had notes and that's how I had to preach to make sure that I got acceptance from my father so that I could feel like I did good and then in turn I felt like I, I did God agreed you know that I was in right standing with God you know what I mean it's there's a lot more to it but I was just trying to help you to understand that it can't be just works-based. It is faith and works. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Matthew 13. Hallelujah. Um, all right. Now, where in the world... to find the right I got so many little scribbles over here I want to make sure I find the right scripture for y'all
Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Were you going to say something? Oh. Yes. Wow. Amen. 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 That's important. That's important. Praise God. Amen. That's what I mean. We will be in his presence and, you know, God will do things and you may not know it in that moment, but that's where we stay in face. Amen. Even Sunday, you know, I don't know. Was it Sunday that you got healed? Is that when you noticed it? Yeah. Amen. Praise God. We'll have to share it with everyone. That's awesome. Hallelujah. I, I, I think I told you the wrong scripture because I wrote it down wrong. Matthew 13. Is that where I told you to go? Okay, well, I had it wrong in my notes, so I'm not even reading it. Matthew 13, verse 16. All right. Look what he says, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. He, he, says, he says, he's saying to us, you and I are blessed to be in a place where someone is teaching the secrets of the kingdom of God. All right. See, he said, we're blessed. So you're blessed already. Then moving on to verse 17 because I'm, I'm going to try to get to some of this good stuff and time is just running away. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, <laughs> but did not see it and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Look at that. Now, I like to underline and sometimes highlight in my Bible. Some of you do, some of you don't. If, if you're, maybe you're a note taker instead, but I have underlined many prophets and righteous people. Now, because watch this. What, what Jesus is saying right here, he's saying many prophets. Think about this, James. Jesus is literally saying many prophets like Moses, Daniel, Joseph, Joshua, Ezekiel, on and on and on and on, right? And righteous people. I'll get to that in a moment. Long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. Think about this. The prophets in which we read their words in Scripture... He said they long to see, but they can't see what you get to see now. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I, I mean, you know, here we are studying the word of God off of these great, awesome prophets like the eagle eye prophet Isaiah. And he's saying they even they can't and didn't get to see what you, I'm making available to you. And they don't get to hear what I'm making available to you to hear. So Jesus, Jesus was saying even though they, they got information, watch this. He's saying they got information about the they didn't get the revelation. All right. A lot of times in churches, 
I've sat in churches where you get a lot of information, but you don't get the revelation. The Holy Spirit is what brings revelation. Even by me just teaching you stuff tonight, it's, it's necessary that there's a moving of the Holy Spirit that we, we know how to flow with the Holy Spirit. That's what brings revelation. You'll leave here and you might go home and start vacuuming. And because you're still seeking the kingdom, like I, I told somebody the other day, they were having trouble understanding something. I said, listen to it again. Whether you put it on podcast or you put it on Facebook or you watch it on YouTube, put it on while you're doing stuff. If it didn't help, do it again. I said, I'm telling you, that repetition will bring the revelation. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to have an opportunity, all right? So it's really important. We get a lot of information, but we need revelation. That's what Jesus was saying. These, these old prophets that have come and gone, the prophets that we learn by, he said there are some things they just had information on. They, they could see that there was a kingdom coming, but they didn't have the revelation of it, all right? So that's when, so Jesus says, for truly I tell you many prophets, the prophets I mentioned, but then he says, and righteous people long to see what they did not see. We can think of some righteous people, righteous people like Abraham, Abraham, and other people who are in right standing with God. Abraham was in right standing with God, but look at this. Abraham, even though he was in right standing with God, Jesus said he did not get the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom. So we get to get revelation that even Abraham didn't get. But think about this. The Bible says in, in Hebrews about Abraham and others, the Bible says in Hebrews, it says that they believed, but they did not understand. That's the difference, right? When, when we read Hebrews 11 about faith, the faith chapter, he starts, the word of God quotes off all these other men and, and folks in scripture quotes them. He says they believed, but they did not understand. Understand is what we mean we get revelation. When I fully grasp it, when I fully understand what God's trying to tell me, then that, that's where we get the revelation. So they had faith, they believed, but they did not understand the kingdom of God. Because I can believe, I can believe that God exists, right? Uh, but I don't understand him, right? We can believe God loves me. Like the, like the example I gave, I grew up believing God, believing that he was real, believing in the moving of the spirit, but I never fully understood the love of God. So I believed, but I did not understand. Does that make sense? Like you just don't understand all that there is to God. People will believe that there is God. People will come to church, but when it gets into the moving of the spirit, they don't get that. I've, I, you don't know how many times there are people in our church that they're like, you know, they've had questions. Why when the message comes home? comes across in tongues do they say thus says the lord they're not are they god no they're speaking on behalf of so they believe but they do not understand right so the same thing is true about the, what he's saying about the kingdom or what what we're seeing in hebrews where he says they believed they even had faith but they did not understand all right same thing about when jesus walked the earth not everyone understood not everyone followed that's why jesus told his disciples what we were reading earlier, that, that, that um, the multitudes aren't going to get the revelation that he was making available to them, right? They're, they're not going to understand. So we, am I, are you following me? Okay, all right, okay. Um, so Jesus said to them, 
in, in, in Matthew 13, he says, he says that this revelation is available to you. He says, for truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but did not see and hear what you hear but they did not hear it. Jesus is saying that he's making this available to you or, or the disciples in you and I. Listen, Jesus is wanting to make available the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom, make it available to you and I. He doesn't want you and I to believe like Moses and Joshua. He wants you and I to, to, to understand the message. All right. In other words, he's saying, I want to bring you in deeper. I want you to understand what is all available to you and what it means to be a citizen of my kingdom. All right. So, so, um, oh Lord, let's see if I want to. So Luke chapter 13, uh, moving down to verse 18. Now I'm going to skip a little bit. I was going to talk a minute about Paul, but I'm going to jump over that just so we can flow where we are yeah we're gonna stay no i'm sorry matthew i have luke written down it's throwing me off Oh, wait, maybe I'm right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, um, Luke chapter 13, verse 18. Oh, So, no, oh, no, I'm sorry. Matthew 13. I was right. I, I, I'll get this right. I was just double checking myself. Matthew 13. Let's be clear about this. I'm so sorry. I'll be writing my own notes as we go. I had so many scriptures pulled up today, you just don't even know. So Matthew 13, we'll, we may go to Luke, but for now we're going to be in Matthew. So if you're using your digital Bible, I'm sorry, I'm really screwing you up. If you have your actual Bible, you can put a thumb someplace and a finger somewhere else and we'll be there. Yeah, it, it is, but I'm using Matthew 13, you'll see why. Matthew 13, verse 18, he says, he says listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Lord, help us tonight receive revelation of this. Verse 19, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one, God help us, the evil one, yours might say the wicked one, comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. Now, now watch this. 
Listen to what he's saying. When, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and they do not understand the evil one. Now, who do you mean the evil Satan himself. Watch this. Satan himself comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Think about this. Satan himself comes to snatch away even the little, little that you and I begin to understand. So this might help you to understand when we have church and then something goes wrong. Or we have church and in some manner, some way, someone raises up. It never fails either someone in my family. Someone, I told my mom the other day, I said, I'm going to stop just letting anybody be a friend on my social media. So I said, I can't handle it anymore. I can't handle the attacks, the messages, the nonsense, all of that stuff. I said, I just don't need it in my life, right? Because, because the enemy uses them. I, I, I come out of an anointed Holy Ghost filled fired up service i was worn out i went home and when i started getting messages about i'm giving up on god i just thought how could you be in the same person service i was in and message your preacher something like this you devil right the devil himself watches this the, the, the text says when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it the evil one satan himself think about this not not a demon no demon comes. It says Satan himself comes to you to snatch it away. What little you begin to understand. So you'll come into church tonight. Let's say you get some kind of revelation from something I said. And you're like, I, I, I got it. I, I got enough. Now I can't wait to hear what we teach in two weeks, right? And, and, and then something happens. The enemy himself will come to try to snatch away. So this is why we have to be aware what revelation you do get, right? So this parable that we're reading, this, this parable was about the sower, right? The teacher who sows the seed. So the seed, this message, the seed is the message about the kingdom. So when he's referring to the seed, he, he's referring to the message about the kingdom. Are you still with me? I want to make sure you get this because this can, this can put you on a trajectory that you're not going to be praying and seeking things that you've been looking for, but instead you're going to start seeking the kingdom and then suddenly they're just going to show up. God started giving me revelation just as I was getting ready to leave the office today. When, when, he, when he says in Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. He started giving the revelation about what it means to be added to you. Meaning as you're seeking the kingdom and as you're walking with God, suddenly things are just going to start coming to you. That you weren't even asking for. And he started showing me through scripture. The things you weren't even looking for. God says, I'm going to add them to your life. Because you're seeking me, the king of the kingdom, over things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are you all still with me? So he says, when anyone hears the message of the kingdom... He says, this is the seed sown along the path. This, the seed is the message about the kingdom. He says, what he's saying to you and I, before we even get any further, he's saying the only thing that you and I are to be spreading is the message about the kingdom. We should be throwing the message about the kingdom out there. We, we need to be, the, that's the only thing we need to be doing is we need to be sharing the message about the kingdom. All right. Verse 19. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. All right now, I dealt with the, the evil one, the wicked one, 
right? How he comes and snatches it away. But look what he says. When, when anyone hears it and does not understand it, understand, meaning that the word understand means the truth I stand under. Think about this. The enemy is making it known. Jesus is revealing to us that the, the enemy doesn't care about anything else, but he cares about the kingdom message. The enemy doesn't get upset that you come to church. The enemy does not get upset that you come up and get prayer. Right? The enemy does not come get upset when you and I start worshiping. Look at what he gets upset. When you begin to understand. Right? So this is why we'll start getting sleepy in church. This is why we get distracted. This is why uh, there are some people, I watch them doodling on their phones during, during Word. And there was a time I probably would have like come back and smacked the phone out of their hand and been like, you're going to respect God. Right? Right. It's one thing if they got their, their, their Bible app on their phone. I see brother on his app. It's another thing if, if you can see the iPad and they're playing games like Candy Crushers. I'm, I'm just like, what in the world? You're not going to get understanding there. Right? You're not going to get that. And so we don't have to worry about the enemy coming snatching anything because you didn't get you anything. All right? You're not going to catch it. The understanding is the truth I stand under. The enemy doesn't care that you show up to church and play Candy Crush. That's not threatening to him. He don't care that we're singing, that we're getting prayer, none of those things. The enemy isn't concerned about any of that. He just doesn't want you and I to understand the message. Because watch this. As we move on, as you understand the message about the kingdom, you'll start pursuing it. And once you start pursuing it, now we have to remember why the enemy would get upset. Remember, he once was with God in heaven. He's a fire cherub. So he understands the message of the kingdom in a manner that we do not. So he's saying, I cannot let them get this. Because what will end up happening is you can walk in joy. You can walk in peace and happiness because you're no longer going to be worried and having sleepless nights over things when you understand the kingdom. Because I'm walking in my rightful authority and citizenship that I'm not going to worry and stress and, 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 and fear over these things. So the enemy is saying, as long as I can keep breathing lies to them, and as long as I can keep them doubting enough that they're losing sleep and they're, they're consumed about this, right? He's saying, then, then, then I don't have to worry. So notice how the enemy does that. We're, we don't have sleep. Our nation, uh, you know, uh, the reason, remember when the TV used to go off at midnight? TV don't go off at midnight no more. And even now, even if you don't have TV, you got streaming anytime you want it, Angela. You can watch Friends or whatever it is you like to watch anytime you want because we are a sleepless society. We're up at all hours of the night. If we don't have TV or streaming, we can get on our phone and scroll Facebook, right? Because we're worried about, fretting about something. And yet, but if we understand our citizenship, when you go to bed and you lay your head down, I'm not kidding you. I don't know, I don't know the last time I had a sleepless night. And yet I face hell every day. I, of course, I have financial things like everybody else. I have problems with my family. I've got physical stuff going on. But I have not had a sleepless night because I know who I am and whose I am and that I'm in the kingdom. It's not for me to worry about. Jesus says that in the word that we're going to get into here in just a moment. Are you still with me? So he's not concerned about any of those things. Now, the Bible says if you begin to understand it, that the devil, think about this, the devil has to leave hell. To come get it. Now remember, the devil is not omnipresent like our God. So you must understand how important it is if he has to leave hell 
to come and get it. Think about that. He, if he's going to show up to snatch what revelation you get, you got to believe he doesn't want you to have it. He says, I can't trust this to any demon, any of my minions, right? I'm going to go make sure myself Lois doesn't get this because if she gets a hold of this, it will revolutionize everything. He looks at me like I'm kind of crazy. You still with me? I don't, don't think I'm crazy. I'm just pointing out to you slowly what the word says. I'm not making anything up. I'm not adding anything to it. He says, if you begin to understand this, he'll come and snatch it away. It's such a big responsibility. He can't entrust it to anybody else. My God. My God. So think about how the enemy does that in our life. When, when financial pressure mounts and we start thinking, oh God, what am I going to do? We, then we start looking for a plan B. I know I've made those mistakes where, where, where I'm up against it or a ministry's up against it. And, and then we try to figure out how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to do this? Instead of, Lord, I thank you that you alone are God. You above all the earth are, are God above the earth, right? That's what we were just singing. So God, I just exalt you. Lord, I praise you. I thank you that I'm a citizen of your kingdom. And I will have what you said in your word. I will have as a citizen of your kingdom. Good night. Notice I didn't ask him for money. I didn't say the amount that I needed. I've done that. I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm just saying as you get revelation, use it. Remind God who you are. Lord, I'm a citizen of the kingdom and I trust you. I worship you above all else. I, I, I'm not going to fret over this that, this that I need. Do you know how close my car has been to repossession over the years of ministry? And sometimes it makes no sense. And yet at the same time, there's been times I've almost had a car repoed. I've also been in more overflow than I ever knew what to do with. That's true. I've had both spectrums. And the reason I've been able to endure that is because God says, I need you to understand me. I need you to understand that I am your resource. I was in overflow at a time in ministry when I, I worked, my wife worked, plus the church paid me good, and we were doing so good, making six figures a year. I bought all the, the sanctuary seating for the church. We paid for the new sound system, like everything the church needed. I was just like, sure, we'll do it. I know what it is to make a $10,000 checkout to a ministry, but then there's also times like I know now where I'm just like, well, Lord Jesus, you'd have to drop it out of the heavens because it ain't coming out of my account. My point my point in understanding both spectrums, it's not bragging. I'm just letting you know that God has allowed me to endure what it is to have much and what it is to have little. Understand him and his kingdom. That when I had much, it wasn't of my own doing. That was the kingdom of God at work in my life. All right. As much as when I've had little, he said, now watch this. Can I still be your God when I take it all away? It's not that God took it. God allowed things to happen in my life to teach me who he is. When I went through everything that I went through, I, I'll just be honest with you. It's easy when you have much. It's easy when you have much to trust in that more than you do God. I had four cars. If one broke down, I just drove the other. All of these things. And God says, what happens when I take your marriage and I take your children? Do you love me? Do you follow me? What happens when your health starts failing you? Will you still follow me? I mean, I felt like Job back there years ago. I lost it all. The church turned everything. I lost everything. And then after I lost all that, then I lost my job. Last thing to go because I went through surgery. I mean, lost it all. And through it, it was just like, 
I literally, I felt like, God, what are you doing? And I kept coming back to the message of the kingdom. Because I had learned it all my life. The message of the kingdom. I, wasn't look, I couldn't look at National City to be my resource anymore. Because that was my employer. I couldn't look to the church to be my employer. Right. I couldn't look to nothing. All, all the money we had in the bank was gone. She took it in the divorce. Right? The lawyer was like, or the judge was like, oh, nope, you owe her this. Oh, you got to buy her a house. Oh, yep, you got to buy her a car too. I mean, when I tell you I lost it all, and so I had to go back to the message of the kingdom. The only way that I made it, I'm not kidding you, I almost committed suicide. I tried to commit suicide. I've told that in my testimony. I tried to commit suicide, but I had to come back to the message of the kingdom. And when I came back to the message of the kingdom, I remember this, that what revelation you get, the enemy comes to snatch it away. The enemy was literally coming to snatch away and take away everything that I ever had. And so I had to, well, wait a minute. I rebuke you, devil. In the name of Jesus. So when I get revelation now, I, I thank you that, Lord, I thank you that your word declares. And I do this all the time. Lord, I thank you that your word says that it is with the mind that I serve you. So, Father, I cover my mind in the name of Jesus. I thank you that no weapon formed against me will be able to prosper. And no tongue that rises against me right, will, will condemn me. I thank you that, Lord, I'm covered. I'm sanctified. Holy Ghost filled. I thank you that, Lord, that, that, that what, what you've shown me, I keep. What you show me, God, you'll show me more. I just do that constantly, something to that effect. It's not, not in that same way that I just prayed it, but I do that all the time. As God was giving me revelation today, I had to keep going out of the office and getting a cup of coffee or peeing or something. I just walked in and oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Show me more. Show me more. Show me more. Not, not, nothing, nothing these women are going to tell me today is going to take this revelation away. No, 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 none of Lois's problems are going to get in my way. Thank you. Show me more. Show me more. Right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, the devil comes to snatch the message of the kingdom from you. Why? Why does he? Because he wants you to leave confused. How many times have we been in church? This person, Renita, got healed Sunday. What happened to everybody else? The devil wants you to be confused. I've been in services. We we took our whole church, and I helped with the Benny Hinn crusade when he was in. Think what you want about him. I was there. People have a lot of bad things to say, but I was there, and the word he taught was accurate. It was right, and the anointing God, and when he went like this, watch this, everybody on the platform went down but me. I'm the only preacher left standing. I'm standing next to Buzz Hall, and I'm, and he, I'm looking. I'm like, so I'm like, you going to get me or what? He comes over, prays for me, and gave me a prophetic word or whatever. I, I, I just thought, what is wrong with this? I left confused. I thought, is there something wrong with me? But I had to be careful. The enemy was trying to confuse me, allowing one little thing like that to think, well, everyone else fell to the ground but me. To confuse me to take away the revelation he shared about healing. Right? So we got to be aware. The, the Bible says that we need to be aware of the squalls and the schemes, the plots of the enemy. How the enemy will get in your head in a moment like that, that was entirely Holy Ghost, and he'll try to give me a thought to say, I'm not worthy. There's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with you. You're not real. You're not fake. You're not hungry enough for God that you didn't fall to the floor like every other preacher. The enemy was trying to get me to believe that to keep me from receiving the revelation. He wanted to snatch. And when I recognized it, come night two, I thought, I'm getting mine. Right? I think he was there, what, three days? I'm getting mine. I perched myself back up there on the platform where they told me to go. And I just thought, he does it again. I'm, you know, he didn't do it. 
The whole point I'm telling you is that the enemy started making me think there was something wrong with me. I wasn't right. Uh, I wasn't hungry enough that, that, I, you know, all, that I wasn't living right, whatever. And yet it was only there to distract me from receiving the word that was there about healing. That's what we have to do. He comes to snatch it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. wow. And this is what he says. Listen to, and listen to what the word he's giving you. So that the enemy doesn't snatch what God's speaking to you. Right. Amen. Yeah. Now, the, one of the things I, w- I was going to get into, and I, I, I know I won't have time tonight, but I believe this. The greatest revelation that the church can ever receive. Nope. The greatest revelation the church will ever receive is the devil is a liar. I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. Jesus said he's a liar and the father of every lie. And so this is the, that's why I call it the greatest revelation. It, that is the first step to living a, a victorious life, to open yourself to the message of the kingdom so that we can shut the enemy down when he comes, when he starts saying something. The greatest revelation you can ever get is the devil is a liar, meaning anything that is spoken to you, when the devil says you can't do this, you can't have this, this will never work, they're never going to change, whatever, any of those things, he's a liar. You've got to shut that down. Stop it. Stop that down because that is the greatest revelation where, where you will put the enemy in his place and you continue to live your life in a place that you can be victorious, where you can live by the word of God, right? So, so, so when the enemy comes to say anything, that's, the greatest, that's why I say it's the greatest revelation you will ever receive, right? The, the message of the kingdom is great, but for just general people, citizens of the kingdom, 
that aren't even seeking this message about the kingdom, the greatest revelation we could receive is the devil is a liar. And know what that means. I, I'll, I'll touch on that more because I'm not going to get to it tonight. But, but I, I, I'm saying that because I want you to understand the moment that you begin to understand the kingdom, the reason why the devil comes to snatch it, watch this, the moment that you begin to understand the kingdom, the reason why the devil comes to snatch it is because the moment you begin to understand it, he loses control over your life. That's why the Bible says when you start understanding, the enemy comes to snatch it. And if he cannot snatch it, then he loses control over your life. It means you're not going to fall into his trap. You're not going to allow what someone says. You're not going to allow what you didn't get. You're not going to allow bad news. Right? I'll never forget, I had applied for a car loan several years ago. I think I had my Pontiac. I was driving out to the old building. And my da- I had my daughter in there, and it was in bad shape. And it just kept shutting off. And we were on 40, and I had a triaxle truck behind me, and it just shut off. And so every time I would do that, I had to just veer it off, you know. I was just broke down. My daughter was in the car. I thought, oh, my God, we're going to all die. We're going to die right here. He barreled down on us, and I couldn't get it off the road quick enough. And he swerved around. And finally, I said, i got to buy a car. Didn't hear from God. I just said, I'm going to buy a car. So I started going. Notice what I said. I didn't hear from God. I was going to buy a car. So I started going around looking for, like I had gotten the approval or whatever, and I won't even say the dealership because I, I just, they're, they're, they're shady. And so I, won't, I just won't say. And when they're, they're like, yes, you got it here. You're going to take the car home on consignment. Come back in a couple of days, you know, whatever. We know you're busy. They knew who I was. They said, you come back in a couple of days, we'll sign the paper. You just keep the car. Enjoy it. We'll, we'll, we'll get rid of yours. So wow, this is awesome. So I was riding around this SUV. I was just like, I'm liking this. A couple of days go by. I'm like, hey, you all ready to sign papers? Yeah, yeah, we'll get it. We're not in a hurry. You know, we, we know where you're at. I'm like, no, like, really, I need, I need to get this done. He put me off, and I just thought something just ain't right. So finally I said, no, 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 I have an hour. I said, I'll come now. I have the paperwork ready. And so I get there, and I look, and I'm like, that's not that's not what we decided. That's not, that's not even in the ballpark of what we needed. I'm telling you, it was bad. I won't even tell you what the payment was because it made me like swallow my tongue. And I said, it's not, I thought, they said, well, we already, we already got rid of your car. I said, wait a minute, you got rid of my car and I didn't even sign my car over to you. What do you mean you got rid of my, well, the manager took it and they, they, they took it. It's going to be put in a sale. I said, well, that's illegal. You need to get my car back or you need to give me a car now because I'm going to go. So I'm sitting there. I am fired up. I said, I need to see your manager, blah, blah, blah. While I'm there, I knew a friend at the Ford garage. So I text him. I said, do you have anything that might work? I said, I have like literally 45 minutes. I need a car. Text back right away. He said, come over now. He said, I'll get you in something. So I text back all the details. This is what I want. I don't want any more than that, blah, blah, blah. So I just looked at uh, the guys and I said, I need you. I said, I, I told his boss, I said, I need you to find my car. I need you to get my car and I need you to bring it to the Ford garage. And I said, I need you to take me and give me a ride to the Ford. He said, we don't do that. I said, you're doing it today. Let's go. 
So we get in the car. They drive me over. I get there, and I said, I told him, this is what I have. I said, I got my Pontiac. I need to do this. I need to do this. And this is about what I think it's worth. I need to know what you can do. He said, well, can I see the car? I said, I don't have it yet. They're going to bring it whenever they find it. My point is, is I went in there. In 45 minutes, I had approval. A car with less than I had wanted to. That was my first Ford. The payment of $343.19. I don't even know if they make cars that you can get them that cheap anymore. But at that time, that was, that was you know, all I could do. Walk out. They, it was, it was uh, anyway, long story short, they blessed me. I only ended up paying $16,000 for this car that was high end, had everything, you know. You know what that's like. You, God kind of set you up in the same way. My point is, is I went to somewhere to buy a car that God never told me to. And then when I went, when he shut that door down, right? When he shut that door down and I went where he told me to go, I walked into a blessing, all right? Only to do this, watch this. Then when I turned around and I got rid of that car, I got, car before that was paid off. Yeah, car before that got paid off. I didn't pay it off, but someone said, Pastor, I want to pay your car off. I said, okay, let's go. So they paid it off. When I turned that car in, my, my other Ford, when I turned that car in, I only paid 16 for it. And I had a ton of miles on it. I got 12.5 for the car. And it was old. And I mean, I had racked up miles. I needed some stuff done to it. And then in turn, I bought the new car that was supposed to be, I forget. Anyway, I got $5,500 off of it just because they said, we know you, we like you, let me help you. And then they gave me 12. Now I'm getting my cars confused. Twelve five for that card. Did I tell you that? Twelve five plus I got fifty five hundred dollars off. <laughs> plus then I had him throw in a maintenance plan that would have been thirty six hundred dollars more. Oh, the warranty maintenance plan. Yeah. So, anyways, that's what I'm telling you is because I went where God told me to go. All right. Because I understand the kingdom. When I go in somewhere, if I have to buy something big like that, or I go, when, when our church went to buy these properties back, I was just like, I am a citizen of the kingdom. God, you're going to give me what you said I'm going to give me, what you said you're going to give us in the name of Jesus. I didn't waver. I didn't fret. Well, there was a moment I did uh, when they kept messing us up and pushing our closing date and pushing our closing. It took us a, almost a year to close that, that property, I think. There, there are moments. Uh, my point is, as I operate, when I do any big purchase, I am a citizen of the kingdom, and therefore I receive the favor as a citizen of the kingdom. I don't overpay. I don't put up with shenanigans. A boldness swells over me, and I'll tell them they're a thief right to their face. I, you know, I can't tell you how many times I get mats and all this extra stuff. Somebody said to me one time, from I'm going to have you go with me when I buy a car. I said, well, let's go. You, you just have to walk in there knowing whether it's a car, a house, a boat or whatever. This is what I need. I am a citizen of the kingdom. You don't tell them that. I know before I go. And I walk in that anointing and I walk in that authority because I'm not letting the enemy take anything and causing me to live below or get frustrated with something that God doesn't, you know, allowing me to get frustrated with things in my life that, that, that aren't necessary. I'm not going to let the enemy have control over my life is the point. When you and I get the revelation of the kingdom, he loses control over your life. And so it doesn't, it doesn't cause me to lose sleep. I don't lose sleep over if I have to get a car or I need a house or whatever, or if my TV blows up. The enemy lost control over my life. None of that matters. That's the reason I share all that with you. That's why the greatest revelation you will ever get is the devil is a liar. For you to begin to understand the revelation of the kingdom, shut him down. 
Don't, don't let the enemy whisper to you about your spouse, someone else in your family, that they're never going to change, that they're this, that they're that. Don't let the enemy whisper even things after you leave here tonight about the teaching. Just shut him down because that's how you will keep him from having control over your life. Your thoughts, what you say, your actions, your anger. You know, I know what that's like, you know, having an anger problem. The, the only way you're ever going to control it is you have to deny him access. He's a liar. And I used to get angry because I would listen to his lies. You'll stop getting angry if you'll stop fueling the anger with the lies of the enemy. All right. People preach prosperity. They preach all kinds of stuff. And guess what? The prosperity message the enemy isn't concerned about. People preach about deliverance. Deliverance is important, but the enemy doesn't get too concerned. All right. The enemy doesn't get concerned over even a message of faith or any of those things. He does not want you and I to understand the kingdom, period. I, I wanted to get into Matthew 13, specifically dealing with the four types of people, the rocky people, the shallow people, the choked people, the good soil. But I can't. Time is just gone. Um, I, I, I want you, I'll give you this much to tell you this much. When, we, when he says in Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God, I wanted to get into the part of, you know, how to seek the kingdom. You can work on this in the meantime. He says, seek ye first the kingdom. You can, one, you can pray, Lord, help me to understand your kingdom. But then the second part, and his righteousness. And his righteousness. The key to God's priority, which is seeking the kingdom, is that you be in right standing with God. I don't need to wonder what the most important thing to God is. I know what it is, seeking the kingdom. That's what's going to introduce us to why it, Jesus in Matthew 13, as we read it, we read through the parable. He says, do not worry about what you wear, what you eat, what you drink in your home. Don't worry about any of that. He said, if you seek the kingdom, I'll take care of that. That's where I was going to get to of why we, why we work. If Jesus is taking care of that stuff, why do we work? Do you want me to tell you since we're going to be gone for two weeks? Notice what he said. Remember I said, what's God's priority? That you and I seek the kingdom. This is, this is going to help you and I think about even when we get up and go to work on what we do in the day. It's not that we don't work. It's not that God doesn't want us to have a means of making a living or whatever that may be. Some of us make a living off a retirement account or whatever it may be. God's not saying that that's not the case. He's saying that when you and I, when he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, I, he's saying, I don't want you to go to work so that then your only motivation to go to work is so you can pay your water bill. God is saying, seek ye first the kingdom, so that you and I, our, our, our goal is, is that we take the kingdom to work. Right? That, that, that seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Jesus is saying, because it's easy to lose your motivation to pay a water bill. To pay an electric bill, right? It, it, it's not, it doesn't stir you necessarily. I, I know what it's like to work and have to work my guts out just to pay, just, just to barely pay the bills, right? Jesus says this about the kingdom. He says, I want you to seek the kingdom. And if you'll seek the kingdom, your motivation then for going to work is to take the kingdom to work. Allow the kingdom to, to motivate you at work to find your place, all right? In other words, we're to be an example of the kingdom of God in the workplace. Watch this. As you bring the kingdom of God to your work, to church, to your family, wherever it may be, 
He says, as you seek the kingdom there, all the other things will be added to you. See, a lot of times we go to work thinking, I got to do this, this, and this. I, I, when I left the office today, I had to go several places, and I went somewhere and saw somebody there. She's like, hey, Pastor, how are you? And she looked awful. Younger than I am, but looks older than I am. And that's, you know. And I said, you know, I said, how are you? She said, not good. I said, why, what's wrong? She said, I'm working two jobs. I leave this job, and I'm going to go right to my other job. And she said, she said, but I do that because I like the finer things in life. Now, okay, fine, if you'd like to find the things of life. But the revelation that instantly my mind goes to. That you're working all you're doing to enjoy the finer things of life. But the word of God tells me if I seek his kingdom and I bring his kingdom to this job and allow him to use me, the purpose of what, he, what I'm saying, I... I, I, I I don't want to give too much more of that because it'll open it up to you and I'll have to explain it all. That when I go to job, I am a representative of his kingdom in the earth. So I'm finding ways to demonstrate the kingdom of God. All right. I'm finding ways to be a testimony of the kingdom of God. And that, that's my assignment. So I go to work for that reason. All right. All of those other things that she enjoys, God's saying, I will give them to you. If you seek my kingdom. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? Oftentimes, we're just trying to seek the kingdom here in church. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Seek the kingdom. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. I'm going to show you more through scripture. I'm, I'm just saying we have the wrong mentality. We, we try to keep the kingdom of God right here in these four walls of church. And we think that it has nothing to do with the rest of our life. The revelation is, is that it impacts every area of your life. The kingdom of God, he wants to disrupt our workplace. He wants to disrupt our family get-togethers at Christmas to be an example of the kingdom of God. He's saying, if you'll do that, it, it, will, it will revolutionize, and you'll stop working just to pay a water bill or working to pay your mortgage or your rent. Are you hearing me? He, yes, we still have to do those things to work, but he's saying you'll have a different mindset of it. All right? And, and therefore, the enemy can't get in there filling your head with lies. Well, you, you're not going to be able to pay this bill now. My assignment is the kingdom. All right? Did I just screw you all up by sharing that too early? Okay. All right. Just, just making sure. I don't want you to leave here and be like, well, wait a minute. What's he trying to tell me? I don't have to work? No, that's not what I'm saying. Because I know some people would be like, preacher? No. Amen. All right, so we'll stop there. We'll pick it up with Matthew 13. Let me say it again. Matthew 13, all right? We're going to look at 18 and on through the, the parable and, and break this down about the rocky, shallows, choked, and good soil. You can look at it if you want in the meantime, and uh, I'm sure God will, God will help you, and we'll get through it um, in, in an amazing way. Hallelujah. We're going to close in prayer and um, pray that you have a beautiful week in the Lord then we'll be back Sunday morning for worship that's Christmas Eve I can't even believe that Christmas is this weekend like I just can't believe it um, hallelujah okay well okay well yes well we will we will, of course, miss you and pray you have a beautiful, merry Christmas and that uh, 
I'm sure we'll miss some others that are going to be elsewhere with family or whatever, but uh, we love and miss everybody and appreciate you and uh, look forward to not just celebrating the birth of our Savior, but what the new year has in store when, when nothing is going to be our normal anymore, right? After Sunday, nothing will no longer be our normal. So let's uh, close in prayer.